the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have an enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. We want to begin a new series. The just ended series is gifted for success. I want to follow it up with something that is very, very important as far as a life of success is concerned. God gives us gifts. God gives us abilities. But if you are going to excel and become outstanding with those gifts and abilities, there is something we also need to provide. The gifts and the abilities are things God gives us. But our attitude is something we choose in order to make the most of our gifts and our abilities. And so we are going to begin a new series that I've titled Attitudes for Altitudes. Attitudes for Altitudes. And I want you to begin by praying with me. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you this moment for your word that is coming our way. We ask the Lord you speak to us. In this moment that we have to share, bring us understanding, bring us illumination. Let your word come with simplicity and with clarity. Let every man watching the broadcast now or thereafter be changed and transformed by the power of your word. I give you praise, glory, and honor in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. I take my text from Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 to 11. That's what scripture says. He said, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on the cross. Therefore, God elevated him to a place of highest honor and gave him the name above all names, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God. The Bible says we must have the same attitude that Jesus had. The same attitude that Jesus had. When you read from verse 7, Therefore God also had elevated him to a place of highest honor. Jesus had an attitude. And that attitude brought him to a place where God had no choice but to elevate him. There is an attitude we need if we must realize our potential in Christ. There is an attitude we must adopt if we must be all that God will have us become in Christ. There is an attitude we must have if we must succeed and become all that we are ordained to be. I know you want to go to higher altitudes in life. I, want to, I know you want to achieve great things for yourself. I know you want to become a significant person in life. But how else can you become that significant person? God has already gifted you with abilities and potentials and talents. These are great things. 
But in addition to this, you need to develop and cultivate the right attitude. And that's what this series is all about. Your attitude will determine your success and happiness in life more than any other factor in life. That's what I want you to uh, note. Your attitude will determine your failure or success in life. Your attitude will determine your happiness in life much more than any other factor in life. The question is, what is an attitude? We'll pick up a few definitions. Number one, attitude is a subtle way of thinking or feeling about someone or something typically reflected in a person's behavior. So attitude has its root in our thinking. It expresses itself in our feelings. And then we see it in our actions. Attitude is a subtle way of thinking or feeling about someone or something typically reflected in a person's behavior. That is our first and foremost definition of an attitude. So when we talk about an attitude, we are talking about something that is seen in your behavior. Your attitude, though, is a mindset. It begins as a mindset and flows through your feelings. It expresses itself ultimately in actions or your behavior. Number two, attitude is a mental or emotional response to the circumstances of life. Your attitude is a mental and emotional response to the circumstances of life. The circumstances of life are not our choice. We don't choose the various circumstances sometimes we are faced with in life. But you and I always will be called upon to respond to them. And the attitude we choose to respond to them, how we respond to them, is a reflection of our attitude. Number three, which is a definition I adopted from John C. Maswell. He said, an attitude is an inward feeling expressed by an outward behavior. An attitude is an inward feeling that is expressed by an outward behavior. And we'll be looking at these things as we go through the various inward feelings that sometimes can challenge our destiny and limit our possibilities and limit our progress and our capacity to succeed and become all that God would have us be in life. We'll be looking at attitudes in a number of ways, attitude towards people, attitude towards God, attitude towards uh, one another and all of those things. So we are going to have an exciting time and I encourage you to stay through this series and your life will certainly not be the same again. John C. Maxwell in his book, The Winning Attitude, he made this quotation. It's quite a long quotation, but I'm going to share it with you. He made this quotation about attitude. He said, attitude, it is the advance of our true selves. Its roots are inward, but its fruit is outward. It's our best friend and our worst enemy. It is more honest and more consistent than our words. It is an outlook based on past experiences. It is a thing which draws people to us and repels them. It is never content until it is expressed. It is the librarian of our past. It is a speaker of our present. It is a prophet of our future. I think it's worth taking it again. Attitude, as expressed by John C. Maxwell in his book, which I recommend highly to you, The Winning Attitude. He says, it is the advance of our true selves. Its roots are inward, but its fruit is outward. It is our best friend and worst enemy. It is more honest and more consistent than our words. It is an outward look based on past experience. It is a thing which draws people to us and repels them. It is never content until it, it is expressed. It is a librarian of our past. It is a speaker of our present. And this is the part I like most. It is a prophet of your future. 
If you want something to prophesy your future to you before you get there, it is much more. Your attitude has capacity to do that much more for you. Dennis Whitley, he said, the winner's edge is not a gifted birth or in a high IQ or in talent. The winner's edge is in the attitude, not the aptitude. He said the winner's edge, number one, is not in gifted birth. We may have been born in a gifted way. You may possess a high IQ. Dennis Whitley says that the winner's edge, what will give you an edge in life, what will make you a winner in life, is not dependent on your giftedness or your IQ or your talent. But what will give you an edge in life is your attitude, not your aptitude. There are seven great insights I want to share with you about attitude. As we begin this series, seven great insights about attitude I need you to remember. Number one, your attitude is a choice. Your attitude is a choice. You can go ahead and type in the comment box, my attitude is a choice. My attitude is a choice. My attitude is my choice. You can type in the comment box, my attitude is my choice. The Bible says, I call heaven and earth to record against you this day that I have set before thee. Life and their blessing and cursing. Choose life that thou and thy seed may live. The attitude which is our response to life in general is a choice. It's a choice we make. Apostle Paul was speaking. You know, Apostle Paul faced a very, very bad circumstance in his work as an apostle and in his work as a minister. He went through terrible times and difficult times. In the book of 1 Corinthians, he outlined a number of things, the real challenges he go through, being in the shipwreck night and day, being in hunger, and all of those things. But in all of that, the man had a positive attitude. While awaiting his prison, uh, awaiting his execution in prison, he wrote a letter to the church of Philippa. And in a very bad circumstance, he found himself in, he had the attitude, the positive spirit to write to the church of Philippa. And in that letter, which is a four-chapter letter, you will see that the man referred to rejoice and be joyful again and again. That word joy, rejoice and be joyful, all of that put together, we have about 19 times references, 19 references to joy and rejoicing. At the time where he was supposed to be cursing God as it were, it, at the time where he was supposed to give up hope and be ready to die, the man had such a wonderful attitude. How did he come by this attitude? He gave us an inkling into how he got this attitude in the book of Philippians chapter 4, verse 12 to 13. I know how to live on almost nothing, and with everything, I have learned, take note, I have learned, this is a choice. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. You have to understand that happiness is a chosen attitude and not a state of being. You can choose to be happy. It was Abraham Lincoln who said, you are as happy as you make up your mind to be. You are as happy as you make up your mind to be. You are as happy. Many people think that they are happy as long as their circumstances are okay. They are happy as long as all their dreams are a reality. They can be happy as long as everything they wish for in their relationship is in intact. But no, you can be as happy as you make up your mind to be. Happiness is not a state of being. Happiness is a chosen attitude. And all of us can choose it. 
Another wise man said, happiness cannot be traveled to, own, earn, won, or consume. Happiness is a spiritual experience of living every minute with love and grace and gratitude. What a powerful saying. Number two, your attitude is influenced by input. Your attitude is influenced by input. Your attitude is influenced by uh, and shaped by input. Your attitude does not just happen. It is influenced. There are things we can feed to ourselves that will, will show or manifest itself in our attitude. Your attitude is influenced by what you read, what you watch, and the things you hear. So in Philippians, again, Paul was speaking to the Philippian church, and he told them that Philippians 4, 8, Dear brothers and sisters, one final thing, fix your thoughts on what is true. If you remember the first definition we gave, we said that attitude is a way of thinking. So when your way of thinking is bad, and the way of our thinking, the way you think, did not just happen. The way you think is something you have control over. That's what Paul is telling us here. He says, fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. The King James says, finally, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are of good report, whatsoever things are virtue. If there be any praise and if there be any uh, praise, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. There are things we are encouraged to think about. If you continue to think and have depressive thoughts, you'll be depressed. If you continue to feed your, your mind with negative reportage from the news, you will see that there is no hope again and the economy is like this and Ghana is like this and Ghana is like that. But listen, in this same Ghana that people say is tough and people are complaining, other people are also making progress and they're advancing with their lives. It's a function of what you think. The more positive you are in your outlook and in your thoughts, the more positive things begin to happen in your life. So you have to develop, make sure that constantly and consciously you are making input, positive inputs into yourself that will manifest and translate itself in a positive attitude. Negative attitude is never accidental. I don't want you to forget that. Nobody begins to manifest a negative attitude without knowing where it came from. There's always a source to a negative attitude. There's always a place where it began from. So we said, number one, your attitude is a choice. Number two, your attitude is influenced by input, is shaped by input. Number three, your attitude affects your relationships. Your attitude affects your relationships. You cannot have a healthy relationship with people without a positive attitude. You need a positive attitude. You need a positive attitude. The attitude of forgiveness, the attitude of selflessness, the attitude of generosity. All of these will go to enhance your relationship with people. But if you have an attitude of vindictiveness, your attitude of competitiveness, you have an attitude that is always seeking to compare yourself with other people. There is no way you are going to have a, a meaningful relationship with others. Paul spoke again in Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 to 4. He said, don't be selfish. That's an attitude. Don't be selfish. You cannot have a meaningful relationship with your spouse, with your associates, with your friends, with your colleagues at work, and with your siblings if you are selfish in your posture and your attitude towards life. He said, don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. 
That is also some people's attitude. They are always seeking to impress somebody. They buy all the things they don't need in order to impress the people who cannot be bothered. It says, be humble. That's an attitude. Thinking of others as better than yourselves. Don't look out for only your interests, but take an interest in others too. So if you develop this kind of attitude, there's no way you have positive, you enjoy your relationship, you are going to have beautiful relationship with other people. So if you want to see a change in your relationships, and I know all of us, we all desire to have a better relationship, better relationship with our children, better relationship with our spouses, better relationship with our superiors, better relationships with almost everybody, our colleagues in church, our friends in church, our members we serve in the same service groups with in church. We want to have better relationships with them. But most of the time, we think that having better relationships with others depend on those. No. One of the things I need you to appreciate is that your attitude will go to a large extent to determine whether or not you are going to have a meaningful and fruitful relationship with others or not. So your attitude can either improve or destroy your relationship. Number four, your attitude is neither caused by people or circumstances. Your attitude is not caused by people or circumstances. And people who are very good experts of the blame game, those who know how to play the blame game well, usually will look for people to blame them from their poor attitude. I'm unforgiving because you did me this. I am vindictive because you don't know the amount of pain and hurt he caused me. It's true you were hurt. It's true they have caused you much pain and uh, hurt. But listen, that can never be a justification for a negative attitude. Your attitude is not caused by people or the circumstances. If you look at the book of Samuel, David had an opportunity to really manifest a very bad attitude. His circumstance was so bad. And everybody around him had a very negative attitude. But David chose to have a different attitude. Look at this. First Samuel 13 verse 1 to 6. It came to pass when David and his men had come to Ziklag on the third day. That the Amalekites had invaded Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken their wives. Everything they had. This man goes to war with his uh, generals. They come back and they realize that their own home has uh, had been invaded by another set of warriors. They are taking over their wives. They're taking over their children. And they were literally, and they had burned their whole city. So they had no homes to go to, no family to go to. Their children have been taken away from them. And they simply had nothing to lean on. But check their attitude. The Bible says, and they wept. All of them together with David wept. And everybody was greatly distressed. David was greatly distressed also. And the people who were with him, the companions, instead of coming around and comforting him and say, David, uh, we have lost something, but at least we have lost our wives, we lost our homes, but we have our lives. And if we have our lives, we can make something out of our lives. After all, to him that is joined to the living, there is hope. These guys were not looking like that. They were not talking like that. They came to David and said, David, you are the cause of this uh, predicament. If you are not uh, led us into war, we will not have lost our children. We will not have lost our spouses. We will not, lost, we will not have lost our homes. And so David, we want to hold you accountable for it. And David demonstrated a very positive attitude there. It was an attitude of responsibility. He did not come fighting them. The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. He strengthened himself in the Lord. And that is an attitude you must learn. Most people go through life always looking for external encouragement. Listen, high achievers in life 
are people who have learned to encourage themselves. If you always want to depend on other people to encourage you, you may not be able to go too far. And listen, never you be deceived and think that people who have gone so high or have been able to achieve the things you are dreaming of were never discouraged. I know sometimes they present themselves as people who are strong and they are never discouraged, but that is really not the case. Because in every journey of life, whether it's in business or in ministry, you will come face to face with discouragement at one point in time or the other. And what you do with it will determine your ultimate outcome. David was faced with this great uh, sense of discouragement. But the Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. That was an attitude. It was an attitude of responsibility. It was an attitude of encouragement. May you develop these positive attitudes in yourself. How long will you continue to depend on people to encourage you? Particularly in the times we live in, when everybody needs encouragement, how are you going to do, make it? You have to learn to encourage yourself and then develop capacity to be able to encourage others as well. We saw the same thing with Paul and Silas. Paul became an outstanding apostle because he had such a positive attitude. He had gone to preach and then after preaching, ministered healing to a young lady who was traumatized with demonic oppression and all of that. The masters arrested them, pushed them into uh, uh, chains. And then all their hands and their feet were held in stocks. They couldn't, but the Bible said, at midnight, rather than complain, at midnight, rather than regret going to preach, the Bible says, Paul and Silas began to pray and to sing praises to God. What an attitude. What an attitude. That was what set him apart. That was what made him a unique apostle. You want to be unique, you, you can become unique by developing a unique attitude. And I pray that by the time we are through, we would be zeroing on certain important attitudes we need in order to live a life of success, a life of victory, a life of dominion, a life of all-round success. Number five, your attitude, good or bad, is contagious. Your attitude, good or bad, is contagious. It's very important that we watch our attitudes in our relationships. We need to be mindful of the attitudes. Every place you go, there's a particular attitude that is in a place. You go to a home, there's an attitude. You come to a church, every church has its own unique attitude. And we need to be mindful that we develop a positive attitude because attitude is contagious. When you meet a group of people who have an attitude of generosity, I remember I lived with a friend of mine when I finished the university and I was preparing to start ministry. I lived with him. And I mean, all through school, I didn't get the opportunity to be so close to him. But he's a pastor now, very good friend of mine now. I lived with him and I saw his generosity. I was literally challenged by his attitude of generosity. I practically learned how to be generous as much as I possibly can through his life of generosity. It's an attitude. An attitude of forgiveness is an attitude. When you stay in a church, when you live in an environment where people are vindictive and they never let go and they want to hold on to grudges and they don't forgive, Eventually, even if you're a forgiving person, you begin to see a reason why you should not forgive. Attitude is contagious. In the book of Numbers chapter 13, verse 25 to 33, we'll not be able to read it because of time. Just spend some time and read that yourself. Numbers 13, verse 25 to 33, and then Numbers 14, verse 1 to 4. In the book of Numbers, Moses sends the 12 spies. They go spy out the land, they bring a report, and then... They give a very grim report, very 
gloomy report about the land. They said the land is a very dangerous land. It's a land that is consuming the inhabitants thereof. It's a land that we can't do much about. But there are giants in the land. There are giants in the land. There's no way we can make it. If we go there, we'll be consumed. The Bible says when they came, they infested the rest of Israel with this negative attitude. So in chapter 14, when they brought the report, as loud as Joshua and Caleb shouted, their shout and their noise was not enough to nullify the effect of the negative reportage had elucidated from the people. Look at Numbers 14. Then the whole community began weeping aloud and cried all night. Their voices rose in a great chorus of protest against Moses and Aaron. If only we had died in Egypt and even here in the wilderness, they complained. This is an attitude of self-pity. This is an attitude of negative speaking. This is an attitude of negativity. And this attitude was born because 10 out of 12 spies who went to see the land came back and told the people we are not able. It was an attitude of defeat. It was an attitude of we can do nothing. It was an attitude of we are victims based. And this attitude was, they didn't have to go to the land. They just had to be communicated to. They just had to associate with people who had that attitude and they embraced it. All the children of Israel, those who were 20 years old and above, all of them embraced this attitude. That's how infectious negative attitudes can be. As I get ready to close, you have to understand that God rewards good attitudes and disciplines bad attitude. God rewards good attitudes and disciplines bad attitude. The Bible says God is a rewarder of them that genuinely seek him. God rewards good attitudes. In the book of James, he says, God gives grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. James chapter 4 verse 10, he said, Humble yourself therefore under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due season. You have to understand that a negative attitude does not fly with God. Positive attitude, God rewards it. Negative attitude, God punishes it. And I close with the fact that your attitude will determine your destiny. Your attitude will ultimately determine your destiny. Where you end in life does not just happen accidentally. Where you end in life does not just uh, happen because God decided it should be so. It is largely a product of your attitude. For instance, God gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. But you can have this attitude of not regarding Christ, not respecting the gift of God to humanity. And when you do so, that attitude will take you to hell. It's not God taking you to hell. It's your attitude of disregard. It's your attitude of not recognizing and valuing the gift of God, which is Christ to humanity. God's answer to the salvation of humanity. That is what is taking you to hell. There were two guys who were born. One was born first. The other was born second. The one who was born first was entitled to the birthright and the blessings that the birthright also brought. But the one who was born first had a negative attitude. You see, sometimes you may be the first, but your negative attitude can make you last. I like it when the Bible said, the last shall be the first, and the first shall be the last. Sometimes you may not necessarily be the most gifted, but your attitude can take you forward. David was the last born, but his attitude that was unique, his attitude of humility, his attitude of passion after God made him the star of his family. I pray and I challenge you, 
that as we go through this series, you will desire to let go of every negative attitude and embrace a spiritual attitude, a godly attitude, a positive attitude, a success-oriented attitude, and then your destiny of success will fully manifest. God richly bless you for today for being part of our broadcast, and I look forward to having you join us in this exciting episode of Excel Service and in this exciting series of Attitudes for Altitudes. Your level is changing. You are moving from glory to glory. Your level is changing from glory to glory as you go through this series. The Lord bless you and thank you so much for being part of our broadcast today. If you want to accept Jesus and make him your Lord and Savior, you want to say this prayer after me. Mean every word and then believe it in your heart. Say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you are my Lord and my Savior. I believe with my heart that you died and rose again for me. By my belief, I am justified. And by my confession, I am saved. Thank you for saving me in Jesus' precious name. Amen and amen. If you pray that prayer in faith, you are a new creation. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. God bless you. We look forward to having you join us again and again. You are blessed. Pastor Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our service at our headquarter church from 8.30 a.m. to 11 a.m. for our good news service. And on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakuma Plaza opposite the Unity Oil Station, Santata Runabout, Kumasi, Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Oh, no, no.